Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Barbie Kong. This is your host, Katie Retman. We've got a great show for you today. Um, I, As I mentioned on the last episode, I'm trying to kind of venture into um, a different realm of this podcast with a particular focus with mental health and counseling. And... Um, I'm still interviewing women. I think that it's really powerful to just uh, tell their stories and what they've gone through. And uh, today we've got a really, really interesting um, woman who's going to come on and talk to us named Shannon Payton. And she's got a really specific story to talk to us about. Um, and, you know, I'm actually currently in school for uh, mental health and school counseling. And um, I'm learning many, many, many different things, and I'm really excited about all the stuff that I'm learning, and I'm not trying to, you know, um, counsel or do any kind of therapy on here. Um, I'm just basically trying to uh, facilitate stories, so, um, but I do feel like it is an imperative thing right now to focus on just everything that people have gone through over the course of the last year, um, through the course of the last five, ten years. There's definitely something that was awoken in me, awoken that became awake um, in me throughout the course of the pandemic, and I will talk about that at a later time, but um, definitely a change of just perspective, and I do think that whatever realm, whatever field, whatever capacity you live in, there is um, in a need for discussion about uh, mental health awareness and just the things that people go through and um, whether they seek therapy or they don't, I think it's really important to continue those conversations in whatever platforms we can access. So like I said, um, my format will continue to be the same in the sense of just asking questions, talking about people's life stories, and kind of taking that where it will go. Um, I kind of took a hiatus from the podcast in the, because of just the craziness of everything that happened. Um, and I, I, you know, my intention was to get to 100 women, and I think I let, ended on uh, 80 or 89 or something like that. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to continue to go and see how I can go. I don't know how frequent the, the drops will be. I'm not, this is not a podcast for, um, you know, any kind of big, uh, specific audience. It's just uh, really for people who want to just kind of have different perspectives and different stories. So I think that recaps. I'm still going to, you know, talk about movies and talk about books and all of that kind of stuff that interests me. Um, I, moving into that right now, I will say that I, and it kind of ties in with mental health also, is that we went to see John Mulaney do stand-up um, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, he had been checked in for uh, drug rehab in December, and this was kind of his first venture back into the realm of stand-up, and it was just a fluke that we had decided to go there, and um, he was just performing. So um, it was really, really, really interesting, and he did stand-up for about two hours, um, and it was very honest, very raw, very kind of real of what just this whole experience that he had. And I think what was interesting about it is that um, from, you know, a couple of years ago, if you were to have kind of looked at him, you would have seen kind of someone who's very put together, very, you know, has this huge career and uh, seemed like he really just had it all together. That was my perspective, again, going back to perspective. Um, and when I kind of listened to the story of just his struggles and, the, you know, he talked a lot about this idea of, of being uncomfortable in your own skin. And a lot of people, when they feel that, they'll then turn to drugs or alcohol or whatever. And, um, you know, I think that's a really common feeling, especially in the entertainment industry, especially when your job is to go out there and to perform and to you know, have this this 
vast kind of audience that you have to kind of cater to. So, um, you know, and he, he kind of talked about a counselor that, you know, was, he wanted to leave rehab and the counselor basically stopped him and said, you know, if you leave right now, we both kind of know how this is going to end. You're, you know, you're either going to go out and be completely fine or you're going to go and start doing drugs again and come back here or you're going to die. So, you know, there's a lot of, not that that's everyone's experience, but that's kind of what he had talked about. And, um, you know, he said that he ended up staying and finishing the program. And, um, you know, it, it really spoke to this kind of need, definite need that we all have, um, especially after this kind of time that everybody has been in. So, um, you know, it was kind of a nice tie-in. I would definitely recommend if you're in New York to go see that um, and, you know, gauge it for yourself. I think there's a lot of other stuff that he talks about, about, um, you know, how his intervention was and how things like that go and how there's a lot of resistance and a lot of kind of, it's hard to get people to uh, really, you know, follow through with all of it. So, um, so I would definitely check that out. The other thing that I would recommend watching, um, if you just kind of want an escape from things and also kind of a, uh, kind of a, a touchstone of what um, this quarantine and isolation experience has been like. Um, it is called um, The Inside Out, with, by, um, and it's with Bo Durnham. And he basically does like a one-man show. And again, it's for two hours. Um, it's A lot of people had a lot of stuff to say, and it's all kind of coming out now, which is awesome. Um, and he basically is in this room. I don't know if it's this the room or the apartment that he quarantined in, but he basically is just him by himself with all these cameras and all this equipment, and he just kind of tracks through different songs and different, you know, uh, stories and parables, and it's, you know, really incredible what he does with the camera work. Um, he's an amazing film director. He can get just angles and things that by just having hit by knowing that it was just him in the room is pretty remarkable. So I would definitely recommend that as well. So I think that's it for now. I'm going to get on with the interview. And like I said, um, my intention is to try to go through it, um, you know, as, as, as much as I possibly can. Um, I feel like when I was doing it before, I really wanted to kind of have the accountability every week. And it was really hard to do that because there was, um, it was hard to get people to commit to it and all of that. So, um, so yeah, I just, uh, will try, you know, I, right now I'm really just gravitating towards stories that I really think are really in necessary to talk about and to tell. So, um, I don't know how consistent the episodes will be, but, and I'm also in grad school currently, so that's quite time consuming. Um, so I will try to get them out as soon as I can, but, um, just bear with me. So without further ado, this is Miss Shannon Payton. Great. So um, I am here with Miss Shannon Payton. Is that how you say your last name? Yes, it is. Okay, great. And um, can you just tell everybody a little bit um, just about yourself generally, where you where you live, um, what you do, all that kind of stuff? Yes, I live in Northern California, and I am a realtor in Northern California. So it's been a busy year. I have three children, eight, nine, and thirteen years old, and a husband and a dog and a cat. 
and, you know, just living the dream over here. Yeah. And one thing that I totally like gravitated towards your Instagram is how I found you is that your videos are amazingly funny and super <laughs> awesome. And just as a mom, I find them to be like, just so spot on of just the day to day kind of struggles. And, um, do you want to just talk a little bit about how you started that the Instagram account and how you kind of started doing the videos? Yes. Um, I've had an account for quite a while, but it was, uh, more for just my friends and goofing off and being silly because it's just what I am. Um, <laughs> uh, and then COVID hit and we were stuck at home. So, and then TikTok happened. Mm-hmm. So I got into that and was making videos with my kids and, you know, just enjoying it. And then I realized, Hey, this is a really good outlet and I love it. I, I use humor for my therapy. Mm-hmm. So kind of my like extra therapy on top of normal therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just realized how beneficial it was for me. Mm-hmm. And then I had a couple of videos go viral. And so it's just been a roller coaster ride since then. Now I have basically a second job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And is it like, how do you find that kind of spurt into this Instagram world of like, kind of people know you and it's like, you have all these followers and what, what do you feel about that? Um, it's, it's cool. I actually, my favorite part about it is interacting with my followers and, um, I've created some really amazing friendships, which is so crazy. Um, this last year to think like you made friends this last year. Um, but it's been really, really neat. And I love the supportiveness of everyone that, um, or most people, I should say, not everyone of most people. And just the, the group of moms who want to support each other and parents and, um, because we, we need the support and I love the support that I've gotten from it. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's like I said, it's kind of how I found you is like, I was just like, Oh my God, this is exactly what it's like. (laughs) And you're so honest about it. And I love that you're just, yeah, you just put it, put, put it out there. And the community of moms, like I, I find too, is really an important thing, especially this year, especially during this time where things feel so kind of out of control. And, um, so yeah, I really, I love that aspect of it. And you said you had three kids, right. And they're adopted, correct? Yes. Yep. All of our kiddos are adopted. So I've connected, I feel like, um, with a lot of foster and adoptive mm-hmm. family, um, through this experience, as well as, um, people that have experienced infertility issues Mm -hmm. because I've done that as well. So I just find it so cool how we can connect to so many different people, um, that we can really relate to on a lot of different levels. Yeah. That's so awesome. I love, Mm -hmm. um, I, I know a few people who have adopted and I know a lot of people who have had infertility struggles throughout the last few years. So I, you know, definitely love that there's kind of a voice and a platform for that because it's a very specific journey. And I think like the more that we talk about it and kind of normalize it and just give the support because it is really kind of an up and down roller coaster of that. So, um, and you did something really cool, like a couple weeks ago with, um, getting donations that you gave to a server. So we'll talk about that in a second, but I really just want to kind of just, um, the idea of like having this platform on Instagram, I think you really use as a positive thing. And that is like, I mean, I'm trying really hard (laughs) to just kind of like do one good thing a week or one good thing, just completely out of the blue. And I feel like that gesture that you did for that server, um, was just so, amazing. Do you want to just talk a little bit about it now? I guess just what you, how you raised the money and how, what you, why you got the idea to do it. Yeah, sure. Um, it's something that I've seen other creators do over, you know, the last 
months that stuff has been opened back up. And so I've always wanted to do it. Um, but it's where we or a creator collects donations and then gives whatever they collect is the tip for their server at whatever meal. So I reached, it was on a Friday. I reached 50. It just so happened that I reached 50,000 followers. And so it was a very like cool milestone and very exciting. Um, and then that night I had already had plans with, um, some friends. We have a little adoption support group and we've been meeting for years. And, um, so we had already had plans to meet that night. And so I'm like, you know what, this is really last minute to throw this together, but I just feel like my fans are amazing and they'll (laughs) rally and do it. So it was like 11 o'clock, I think that morning. And, um, I just put it out there. I said, Hey, this is what I want to do. I want to raise, we have no clue who this server is, but whoever is our server is going to get whatever you guys donate. Right. So I put my Venmo information, like I scrambled. I didn't have any of that kind of stuff together. I put some information together with my shanty pants account and, um, we raised $540, um, which I was just blown away. I was just like, this is amazing. And it was so cool because a lot of the donations were one or $2. Mm-hmm. And so it's so neat. I told my husband, it was such a great experience because you just realized how, you know, it really is kind of that thought that counts mm-hmm. and just doing a tiny bit, like a dollar, most people can do that. Mm-hmm. And yet it made a huge impact on someone's life altogether. Yeah. yeah so I, it was amazing. Experience. I'm so happy that you filmed it because her expression yeah. Uh, I mean, and literally like, I think I was having a bad day that day too. And I just like watched that video and just her pure like joy on her face and the the way that she just was so shocked by the fact that this has had happened to her. And she was talking about how she had, she had had a bad day. And I was just like, wow, this is such an amazing thing. (laughs) I was just like totally blown away. So, um, I'm sure in person it must've been awesome. uh, It was, yeah, it was so, I, yeah, I just, I, I love that we did it, but it wasn't like for me, like, oh, I'm so cool. Mm -hmm. It was, I felt like I got so much from the experience. Like it just made me so happy. Mm -hmm. And again, I, you know, I wanted to be sure that my, my followers knew like this, this was you guys. I, I mean, I did my normal tip amount, but this was you guys a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So I just think that was so neat that just, mm-hmm. you know, strangers worked together and made someone's day better. I, it was amazing. It was, I got, I got a lot from it for sure. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm so glad. And I think everybody who watched it and donated probably like got that same feeling. Yeah. Um, and are you planning maybe on doing other things like that? Or is that kind of the, yeah. that you want to move? No, I definitely want to. Um, and again, it's kind of neat and I feel like blessed or fortunate that I have, this platform at this time, um, because it's, it's really just me putting my stuff out there and then mm-hmm. people following me because they think it's funny or relatable. Um, so I feel very fortunate that I have that. So I do feel like I need to use it. And I think I'm getting more comfortable mm-hmm. with even, um, speaking out more on personal issues as far as I really want to get into like, um, some, some support for like some mental health, got mental health, um, situations in our family and, um, and even like the infertility foster care, different things that I am very passionate about. Mm -hmm. I do want to get to where I'm using my platform more, um, to benefit some of those platform or to benefit some of those causes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm actually, um, doing a master's in in mental health counseling and school counseling. 
And I also uh, did like improv comedy. So I feel like our world uh, like collide. That's why I like needed to reach out to you because yeah. I there's a lot of therapy within performance and all of that. And then also, as you just mentioned, like, I do think that we're in this point now with just everything that like to advocate for mental health is such an important thing and to just um, facilitate it for whoever needs that and whatever capacity, even if it's just, you know, collecting money and giving it to a server, that in itself is just a tiny little thing that can happen and change someone's whole day or week or whatever. So um, that's really cool. So, and um, do you find that like that you get a lot of responses on Instagram? Like do people kind of share their stories with you and you share back or? Yes. Um, a, a lot. And I love that part of it. Um, I've connected, like I said, with many people over like foster care, foster care seems to be the main one just because I think that it is such a, um, it, it's just an area where you need a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with infertility stuff, I've gotten so many people messaging me and, um, asking me questions or, um, just wanting to connect and say, Oh, Hey, I'm an adult, but I was adopted. It's, it's just, it's been so, it's been so neat. And it's getting to the point where, um, and I'm very like OCD. Mm-hmm. And so I have to like, I, all the inboxes always have to be checked and off. Right, right. <laughs> getting to the point where I have so many messages mm-hmm. and I have a normal job and a family. So I'm not, you know, on there all day long Mm -hmm. and it's starting to be like, Oh my gosh, like I have to respond to all of these, like, and it's getting harder and harder. Um, which makes me a little bit sad, but it's, it also is great. Just, I just think back to like, even our days when we went through fertility stuff, um, I didn't have any support at all, none at all. So I'm like, if I can just be that sounding board, for a couple of people, um, to know that they're not alone or to be brave and talk about it and direct them maybe to, you know, a source of something, um, they can get more support Then you know, at least I'm helping maybe one person out. So, and if nothing else, hopefully I'm making someone laugh that day too. So. And I just, one question about the comedy, have you taken classes or like, is it all just from you? Yeah, no, my, my mom is a funny person. And so I think I got it from her and, uh, yeah, no, it's just, and you it's, edit everything yourself and you do all, like, I don't know how to do any of that TikTok, like with the, the like the mm. numbers and all that. It like, it's so confusing to me. So I'm, I tip my hat to people who are editing and doing all this by themselves. I'm always like, how do you do it? So, um, and do you just Try. roll with creativity whenever it kind of hits you or do you have kind of a schedule of things that you put out or? Right now it's really, I, I use a lot of what people send me, will send me ideas or videos they see and mm-hmm. they say, oh, I think you could do this with it. And I'll be like, oh, perfect. I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it is what my husband's my best source. He sends me a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so, um, I, I honestly don't have time like I used to, to sit and like scroll and look for ideas mm-hmm. because I'm just busy with work. Um, mm-hmm. but it's usually when I have the time is when I do it. So if I can squeeze a quick little video in and I'm not super like, well, you see my stuff. I'm not super fancy schmancy. It's literally like, ah, oh, I've got to pick the kids up in 10 minutes. Let me hurry and do a video. And I usually don't do like a lot of takes or anything. It's like, whatever is out there the first time is going because yeah, I, I don't have time to do it again. 
I mean, I like some, I love, like you did one with the zoom, how people like when they go on to like share the screen, they, oh. like, it takes forever. And I literally laughed about that for like a couple weeks. I was like that. It's just <laughs> because like, we're so long into zoom and still like, and even today we still have zoom problems. It's like, okay. Um, so <gasps> just switching gears a little bit here now. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your background and what you want to share in terms of, um, your upbringing and all of that? And you know, again, just share whatever you feel. Um, I'm just interested to kind of see how you kind of went from there into your life now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is another thing that I've kind of started getting to where I'm talking about a little bit more on social media. Um, I am currently writing a book. So a lot of stuff will be answered in my book because I get lots of questions about my background. Um, and, and those ones are harder to answer just cause it's like, very involved, mm -hmm. but I was born and raised in a religious cult. So we, um, it, which was very interesting, very, very interesting. And I had two sisters, so it was pretty strict and, um, we were able to, not everyone went to public school, but we were able to go to public school. So that kind of kept us a little bit on the normal side, I would say. Um, but it was definitely just a very controlled environment and a very, very interesting way to grow up. So pretty much all of our decisions were made for us. And, um, it was just a, yeah, basically the people in power wanted to stay in power and control everyone else. So it was a very interesting way to grow up. Luckily I have really wonderful, loving parents. And I think that kind of saved us in the long run, but we were raised in this environment and, I didn't get out until I was 30. So I, our son, our first child, we adopted when we were within the cult. Um, we went through all of our infertility issues during it. And that was a really, really challenging time just because um, it, things were so weird. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have the support. And um, it was a really, really challenging time, but I didn't get out till I was like 30. Our son was, I think he was three. Yeah, three. Um, and then life has been just progressing since then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, people ask these questions all the time and there, are, there were a lot of positive things about my childhood. Um, like I said, my mom was a real funny person and we would have um, like these weekends where our, we called it church group, um, would get together and have like camp weekends. And my mom would always be like doing the skits and the fun stuff. And so I kind of fell into that, I feel like. But as a child, I was much more introvert and very, very shy. Like at school, I wouldn't talk at all. Um, I had to. Um, so because my parents you know, or my mom was more that way, I think it made it easier for me to be that way. Um, but it was just a very depressing childhood just because there was just so many rules and we were in trouble all the time for not following them properly. And um, so it was a very stressful childhood as far as that went. Home life was really great, which I'm very thankful for. Mm. Um, but definitely I think from a young age, I, you know, was never diagnosed or anything, but I'm sure I suffered from depression mm -hmm. and anxiety, which I still do. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I just have, you know, a name to give to it. And, um, but it was, it was a very stressful, just like, it, it just makes me sad that children, go through that. And I'm amazed at how many people have reached out to me as little as I've talked about the cult situation. Um, it's amazing how many people have reached out to me and said, Hey, I was in a similar situation or, um, 
you know, I go to this one church, but I'm feeling like this. And it's just, it's a, it's mind blowing how many people were raised very similar. And again, it gives it that relatability with other people like, Oh, Hey, see, we're not in this world alone. And we do have support from other people. Um, whether it's something from our past or, or present or whatever, but, um, yeah, so it, it, it's been neat connecting with people on that aspect of things just because it's weird. It's like, Oh my gosh, other people were raised pretty much the same way I was like lots of other people. So it's pretty crazy, but we survived and I am just every day, very thankful that I am not raising my children in that same environment just because I cannot even imagine, um, how my parents did it. I just don't know how we survived. (laughs) And was there like a point in the childhood that you kind of thought this wasn't normal or did you have awareness of that or was it later? I'm just curious of of just what that journey, um, kind of the mental process of it was. You know, I feel like I always internally rebelled against what we were, how we were brought up in, in the the cult situation. Um, my sister and I, I would say like, we always laugh about like how they called it men's meetings. Cause the men had to decide everything. Like the women can't, couldn't like be a part of decision-making. So they would have men's meetings. And we always laugh about how we always had my dad in trouble in men's meetings because me and my sister, my old, she's 18 months younger than me. Mm-hmm. We were always pushing the limits with like, what we wore and we would we would question things and you were not allowed to question things. And we would question things and be like, why do we have to wear this? Like if you can give me a logical reason, cool. Mm -hmm. But we always questioned it. And and when we hit our teen years, of course we got real oppositional and like, no, this is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, So my dad was in trouble all the time because of us. And so of course now we laugh about it and it is quite funny. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Time, it was awful because you felt like as a kid, you're constantly in trouble. And again, I think that's a huge reason of why, like as an adult, now my personality is coming out yeah. freely and I can express what I want and how I want, I can wear what I want. Um, and so, because as a child, I think it was always in there. I just could not express it how I truly wanted to, because every time I did, it was, um, you know, it wasn't a good situation. So yeah. So it was, we always challenged, we always pushed the limits. Um, and and we, it never, when you got older, was there a kind of a day that you were kind of were like, I'm just done with this, or I'm gonna, what was the process of the getting out process? Cause I, I know that can be a, a difficult process. Yes, it was very, so our generation of like, married couples like we married within the the group um so our generation kind of started questioning things more than anyone else had ever before Mm -hmm. and we weren't like okay with answers necessarily Mm -hmm. so and one of the things was like dressing we had to wear dresses sleeves you know you couldn't cut your hair no piercings um nothing like that no makeup So one of the things that we were pushing the boundary on was dressing. Like if you can tell us why we can't wear pants, like cool, but weren't getting answers and we were just getting really, really frustrated with it. So kind of like a lot of the couples in our generation, just some just left before Mm -hmm. us and it started just dwindling down to where it was like, 
you guys cannot just sit here and give us no answers. Um, and so it literally just like dissipated and it was, it was a matter of months where it was like a slow process. And there are other, um, groups of like small groups of our same cult, um, in Southern California in a couple different States. So the main leaders would get together and discuss like basically how they're going to control us all. Um, but try to figure out like something to appease us. And so they were having all these meetings and then they were having men's meetings. And, um, it just got more and more apparent that there was definitely these group of leaders that wanted all the control and it wasn't going to change. So because of our generation, we, we say we are the heroes because we, yeah, we pushed, we pushed it to where it was like, okay, hey, well, we're just not going to show up. And we had to meet like Wednesday nights, Friday nights, Sundays, and Sunday nights. And it was weird. Like if you didn't show up to one of those meetings, you would get called like, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? Why weren't you there? And I got real over that because I had a son mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't go to meetings on Wednesday night that start at seven 30 right. and have a child whose bedtime is seven 30. I got really frustrated with that aspect of, it. I'm just like, I can't do this. This is stupid. This is ridiculous. I don't like going anyway. Um, so anyway, we just pushed it more and more. And then like people like my parents who weren't necessarily like hardcore connected anymore mm-hmm. were, I think actually my parents actually left before I even did. So it, it ended up, you know, going into different groups of, you know, kind of the outcast we were, I would say the more rebellious type mm-hmm. started drifting off. And there still are, um, some left that meet together, none where I'm living, they all moved, um, closer to be with other people because up here where I'm at, it like is totally fallen apart and dissipated, but it's, there's still people that still do the same thing and they're sticking with their, you know, beliefs and, um, but it's been a freeing experience. It's been, it's just been a really freeing experience to be our own people. But I seriously felt like at 30 years old and even the last, I'm 40 now, I would say even the last two years, the growth that I've had in just being my own person it's crazy because I feel like, oh, I'm old, but I'm just learning who I am. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, and that's part of. I mean, I think as you get older, you even get even more comfortable in in who yeah. you actually are. And you know, one of the things I really would love to compliment you on is just the fact that you really rose above whatever that trauma may have been or whatever that experience mm-hmm. may have been. And it seems like you really put forth positivity in your life. And I think that that's really something that's very unique. And, um, you know, just for example, doing the donation to the server, you know, you're giving back in such a positive way. And I find that to be so inspiring in my own life, because, you know, when you go through hard times, it can jade people and it can make you very kind of like, you know, well, this is my life and this is, and I feel like you've kind of come out of that, whether it's with like the comedy or with the, the Mm -hmm. reaching out to people, do you, do you feel that with yourself or has that been kind of a struggle to get to focus on that positivity? Um, it, it has been a struggle. I mean, I feel like I'm in a very good place right now, but it took a while. It's taken lots and lots of therapy and work and, um, you know, figuring out some mental health issues that, you know, I think again, I've had my whole life and never acknowledged or just, we, we would never have ever 
in the cult uh, admitted to that or mm-hmm. said we needed help for anything like that. So it's been a process the last 10 years getting to this place. And like I said, I feel like the last two years, I'm at a really good place where I feel good mentally and physically and um, have learned a lot, mm-hmm. but it takes work. And I think that's a, a big part of it is wanting to put the work in. I want to be, you know, on the inside, I've always been this like joyful, fun, funny person. And I, I guess I had the desire to be that part of me so that I put the work into it because right. it, it's definitely taken work because like you said, the trauma part of it, Mm-hmm. is something that, um, you know, will never completely go away. Yeah. And every day, you know, there's something that I'm like, I just, something I said to my kids or whatever. And I'm like, okay, no, no, no. I need to backtrack. That was, yeah. I do not like how that came out or whatever. Right. Um, but it's been a lot of work. And um, I just, I for those that, I don't know, I feel like the work has to be put in yeah. to I get think, to a healthy place. Yeah. And I think like what you said earlier about just a, whether you're, you grew up in a cult or you grew up in some kind of really religious thing or whether you grew up in an abusive home or whether mm-hmm. you know, a substance abuse or whatever. Like, I think that's such a common theme that so many people have experienced and, you know, many, many generations of this. And I think that really having a voice to that now is kind of coming out a little bit more of just kind of not necessarily rejecting a childhood, but just questioning like, well, what, what was that about? And maybe like mm-hmm. different for my own children. And I do the same, like I'm the same with like, you say something and then you're kind of like, okay, wait, let's backtrack that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, you know, it is interesting like that people are reaching out with their own traumas for you. Cause um, yeah. you know, the, that idea of kind of breaking a cycle um, is really difficult and um, it's mm-hmm. able to kind of accomplish that. So that's really um yeah, that should just be really commended because I know that that's totally difficult. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And um, do you feel like um, that's something like you you won't go back to that or do you ever feel like there's times where you feel like you need, you you get that kind of guilt or you need to feel to go back or is it just you're, you've moved on at this point? Um, I feel like, well, I'm writing the book right now, so I definitely haven't moved on. And I, I feel like, that process, like I told my therapist, you're just basically on call all the time through this whole book writing process Um, because it's digging up a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, I've let it go. Mm -hmm. And then you realize like, oh yeah, I've let it go, but it's still part of me. Um, So I think just what I've learned, I feel like most recently too, is just acknowledging that it, it's still there, Mm -hmm. but making learning tools to um, avoid some of the triggers Mm -hmm. and and just be able to live life basically without it dragging me down. Um, because it took a while. It, it was, it was, we went through some years, um, that were very challenging, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's been a, it's Did been a journey. Was the freedom we had talked a little bit about freedom of like that first day when you were like, I can go get my ears pierced. Was that yes. <laughs> like an emotion that that felt like, was it like just a euphoria or was it like, um, scary or was it, was there some, like some emotion you remember of that time of kind of like, I can do whatever I want? Yeah. I feel like it started kind of a, it started slow. I wouldn't say we left and then it was just like free for all. It definitely started slower. Um, but yeah, I remember when I got my ears pierced and it was like a scary thing because it just felt wrong. Like it, it felt very wrong. And then like one of the things we can never have uh, short hair, we couldn't cut our hair. Mm-hmm. And so I 
slowly started cutting my hair into where I used to have almost like no hair. Like I told my husband, if I wasn't married to him, I would shave my head because I hate hair. Um, so I, um, I, so, so there's things like that that happened over time where I got my hair colored, you know, all these things we can never do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it was a slow process, but yeah, I feel like every single time or like the first time going out in pants, mm-hmm. it was just like, everyone's looking at me like, yeah. Oh my, you feel like every, and it's like, no, this is normal. Like mm-hmm. other people wear pants. This is just you for the first time doing this. Right. So it was definitely like scary emotions every single step of doing anything, uh, wearing makeup or you just felt like the whole world is looking like even when I got earrings, I'm just like, Oh, I'm sure everyone is noticing my earrings. And I'm like, Nope, everyone else has had them since they were too. So well, I just you. Yeah. I mean, I mean on a total smaller scale, but it does feel like right now with like the masks, it's like, we've been conditioned, you know, this whole year of like, don't take your mask off. It's so yes. And I feel in like, I can relate a tiny bit of just like when you take the mask off, you do feel this guilt of like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, like people are looking at me or I'm looking at them. And so I, I could feel that that would be an example yes. related of what you're talking about. You know? Exactly. That's yeah. a perfect example. It's like, you just know, like someone's going to be mad at you or yeah, yeah. it is a very uncomfortable um, thing, did, but did you feel like you wanted to do everything at once or was it like just slow progression of things? It was slow progression. I felt like I could have progressed quicker than like my husband. He, cause his family stayed, um, in it. And so in the cult, <clears throat> so it was a much slower progression for him because we, um, like they wouldn't, didn't want to be a part of our lives at first. And now it's a little bit different, but so it was harder for him because there was so much family involved still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because of that, I kind of, you know, pumped the brakes a little bit mm-hmm. and it was a little bit slower. So it was kind of like, I don't even know, but yeah, it was, it was a little bit slower, but, um, but still it was just, it was so cool. But yeah, I feel like everything was scary though. Like, right. Or like alcohol, we weren't allowed to drink alcohol. And so then, yeah. yeah. Like (laughs) just, yeah. So that might've, that, that was definitely a learning curve, (laughs) you know, at 30 drinking for the first time, it was like, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And do you find now, like, is there any kind of, I don't know, like, religion or spirituality that you do bring into your life, um, willingly or for yourself, or, um, would you just shy away from all of it? You know, I, I've gone through cycles and right now I'm actually, um, doing a lot of work with that aspect of it because like I said, it was a religious cult. Um, but I definitely have, you know, my belief in God. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I did have some things instilled in me that, that were a true belief of mine but I have gone through complete times of absolutely nothing, no church, no mm-hmm. reading, nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, just because it's been a challenge and it's, I've really wanted it to be, what do I believe? What do I want for me? What do I want to, um, you know, raise my children in? Mm-hmm. So it's taken time to figure that out because I want it to be me. I don't want it to be someone else telling me what to do. We've gone to like several different churches. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I want it to be my decision and no one else is telling me what to do because that's what we got our entire lives. So right. yes. So yes, that is definitely a part of my life. Um, but it's been a process for yeah. sure. Figuring that out. Yeah. And I, can, I think a lot of people identify with that, just this, you know, whether you had a, a bringing of religion in any capacity, I think like you do get to a point where 
you either, you know, kind of find it for yourself. And that mm -hmm. I think is really kind of important to just do, to do on your own, despite whatever, you know, cause even if you're born, like you're know, born into your parents are atheists and they don't believe in anything, you know, that's also something that I think can be tricky with having right. because then, you know, maybe one day they're going to think differently. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, that is a thing that is, is because there's just so much out there I find do you find yeah it's just like even you know yoga classes can be considered right whatever, you know yes is, is that triggering for you at all like with just the, the vast amount of things that people kind of latch on to um no I find it very freeing like I have a friend right now who's an atheist and um it I I actually I kind of love it I mean not that she's an atheist but I just love that like she has found her spiritual side in her in nature and what she so she experiences a spiritual power it's just different than mine mm -hmm. and um and even through the process of um you know mental health issues like I've learned how to and I'm terrible at it because ADD but um to meditate mm -hmm. and I feel like you know you could you could have a lot you can use meditation in so many ways whether it's connecting with you know, your God or whatever it is, your, any spirit, spiritual, oh my goodness. Spirituality. Okay. Now I can't say it. Oh my gosh. Ah. Um, but yes, it, it's that way of connecting. And, um, so I don't find it overwhelming. I find it that I've kind of probably gone the opposite direction as how I was raised is, and not necessarily in a bad way at all, or not in a bad way at all. I, I love accepting. I, I like acceptance. We were raised so judgmental and I still, it's so ingrained in me to judge everything and every person that I'll check myself all the time. Like you have no business judging that you have no business judging that. Um, because it's just so ingrained. So I love, I love that I can be friends with all different kinds of people now, um, no matter what their beliefs are. Like to me, it's a very freeing experience, just that in itself, because, um, you know, our friends were picked for us before and you had to be, you know, even if you didn't believe it, you had to pretend like you did. Mm -hmm. And did you ever think that you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago that you would have like these Instagram followers of people around the world that like coming from all these different backgrounds, all these different cultures, all these different religions that are following you. Did you ever think mm -hmm. that that would have happened? Um, 10 years ago, you said, or <laughs> you were in when you were in maybe. Yeah. Oh, never, never, never. When I was in, um, I always, honestly, since I was a kid, I wanted to write a book. Like I've always wanted to write a book and now I just feel that confidence to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, as far as social media goes, you know, I, what, what did it start with before Facebook? What was that? MySpace. you know, MySpace was back in the day and I remember getting that account. Um, but no, I never imagined it being what it is now. Mm -hmm. I just feel like blessed that this happened and, um, I don't know. It's been a really fun experience, but no. And, and that's the, like you said, there's people all over the world I'm connecting with all different aspects of life. And no, I never could imagine that before because our world was so small. And we, my husband and I talk about that all the time. Like our world was so small. There's so much out there. Um, again, just the diversity in people is amazing. Like we've got the most diverse friends now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we were so 
sad. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's really incredible. Um, so I just have a couple last questions and I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, is, is there anything that you are co- like coming up with the fundraising that you're working on? Like, are you going to be doing another donation that people can donate to? I am not currently raising any, but I am going to be doing that. Um, I, that's going to be like a thing I do a lot. So I'm trying to, I, I don't want to like bore people of it and be like, Oh, I'm going to go off dinner again. Give me more money. Um, so I'll try to make it, uh, you know, around a special, whether it's special for me or whatever, mm-hmm. something, but yeah, I definitely will be doing that again. And is there anything else like with the platform on Instagram that you're thinking of doing, like, have you thought about doing any comedy shows or doing like any of that stuff live? I know we can't, like, you couldn't do it before, but, um, I live in yeah. New York. So I'm always Ugh. a component of live theater and I just went yes. to up a couple weeks ago. That was awesome. And it was like the uh, first one since COVID. So it was so great. And it actually, he was talking about his, uh, um, I don't know if you know John Mulaney, he's a, he's a standup, but he was, um, he's taught, he yeah. rehab in December. And so it was all about basically this rehabilitation. So he kind of facilitated mm. that standup. So I was just like, wow, it's, it's really cool for me to see how people can really access that through comedy. So. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing. I, um, I had someone else from New York as well, reach out to me and was questioning if, um, if I did stand up, but I'm like, no, and I don't know. I've never have, I don't know how I would do, um, in a live situation like that. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm funny enough. I don't know, but I think it would be really fun. I actually told my husband, I, I do, I want to go to the junior college and take like some acting classes because like, this could be kind of a fun thing. Yeah, I mean, definitely acting classes are definitely places to uh, express whatever you need to express. Yes, I, I might I might have to do that. I think yeah. it would be pretty fun. Yeah. But yeah, so as far as that goes, yeah. I I haven't I don't have anything else planned. I'm loving the podcast though. I think that would be so much fun. Yeah. I just I'm trying to focus on my book right now mm-hmm. because it's taking a lot longer than mm-hmm. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um is there a, a date that it's supposed to be coming out or is that not set? No. No, which I'm probably going to have to set a date in order for me to get it done because I have been so busy with work and then I excuse myself from writing and I need to write because yeah, life. (laughs) Awesome. And um, my last question is just, so if you're trapped in an elevator with somebody, it can be like alive or dead or famous or not famous, like who would it be and why would you be trapped there? And you're trapped for a very long time and you can't get out. Oh, I mean, I okay, right. Quarantine, but <laughs> right off the top of my head, I have to say Jimmy Fallon. Oh, nice. Because I love him, and I think he is like I just I think he's hilarious, and and then we could just laugh and have fun the whole time, um, and just hang out. You know, why would we want to escape if we could just laugh and have fun? I mean, and he could probably teach me a couple of things. So <laughs> that's awesome. He can make me be funnier. Um, and then if there's just anything that you want to just say to anybody who's like struggling or who may be Mm. having a rough time or like just any kind of advice or just sentiments that you could maybe pass on of just when you're kind of in that place of, it feels like you might not get out of it or whatever. Is there anything that you would want to say? Yes, absolutely. Um, I actually just did a little write up for an article yesterday and this is what we talked about. Um, and I, my main bit of advice would be to reach out and get help from other people because I had a really, really challenging time doing that. Um, Again, I'm sure a lot of it's from my background, but I cannot explain how beneficial it has been 
to have reached out to people who support me and who love me. And, um, you know, we can't do everything ourselves. And I think as moms, for me personally, I just think I can do all the things and be an amazing person still. Mm-hmm. And we can't, you know, eventually we unravel. And um, I would say even in just this past year, mm-hmm. I have reached out and opened up to people that I never, ever could have imagined doing. Mm-hmm. And my life has changed because of it. And um So that would be my main advice is reach out to people. Don't be afraid to ask for help Mm -hmm. um, because we can't do it all on our own. We need help and we need the support of others. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, Shannon. And like I said, I really, truly admire you. This is, I, I, I really think what you're doing is so amazing. You're so sweet. I'm so grateful for, for this time with you. So thank you. That's all the time that we have for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, be well.